Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of November 6, 2016. Schools in Kentucky have school-based decision-making councils, which are composed of staff and parent representatives. The Kentucky School for the Blind has had an SBDM council since the 1990s when they became law in the state, and in the past it was chaired by the principal. For example, Rich Marcy and Jeanette Wicker each served as SBDM chair when they were principal of the school, and John Roberts as director of instruction for the school and performing the duties of school principal was chair during his tenure in that position. When John Roberts moved to the position of Director of Special Education at KSB, and in the absence of a principal, Robert Williams Neal, a short course instructor at the school, became chair of the SBDM. When Debbie Phillips was appointed principal of KSB by the Kentucky Department of Education, Mr. Williams Neal continued to conduct SBDM meetings. KDE has now stated that, since KSB has an advisory board, which in many ways functions as an SBDM, that the school-based decision-making council is not necessary. Therefore, at the November meeting of the SBDM, it voted to suspend operations. The advisory board, which meets quarterly, will now assume the review of policies and procedures that have previously been the responsibility of the school-based decision-making council. ACB has long been a coalition-building organization. People often point out how important it is today for various groups to work together in order for us all to be stronger and speak with a louder voice in the effort to reach our goals. As most of you know, Adam Rushevel has a vast collection of recordings from the past 40 years, and he recently found a copy of the Braille Forum from July-August 1976, in which Gerbert K. McDaniel published an article about the formation of the Affiliated Leadership League of and for the Blind of America, known as All. Here are sound bites from that forum that shows how much ACB was involved back then in building coalitions of blind people and organizations 40 years ago. This tape is the property of the American Council of the Blind, publishers of the Braille Forum. Readers are requested to be careful of these tapes and to return them promptly so that the cassette can be used for future issues. Your reader for this issue is Kathy McGivern. The Braille Forum, published bi-monthly by the American Council of the Blind, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Volume 15, July-August 1976, number 1. President, Floyd Qualls. National Representative, Derwood K. McDaniel. Editor, Mary T. Ballard. The Braille Forum seeks to promote the independence and dignity of all blind people, to stress responsibility of citizenship, to alert the public to the abilities and accomplishments of the blind. The Braille Forum carries official news of the American Council of the Blind and its programs, 
it is available for expression of views and concerns common to all blind persons. President Floyd Qualls, First Vice President S. Bradley Burson, Second Vice President Billy Elder, Secretary M. Helen Varga, Treasurer J. Edward Miller, in the interest of united action, the first coalition of and for the blind by Derwood K. McDaniel. History was made on July 11th and 12th when the National Delegate Assembly of the new Voluntary Coalition of Organizations of and for the Blind met to perfect the Affiliated Leadership League of and for the Blind of America, ALL, to elect officers and directors and to establish policy on important subjects and issues. All was incorporated in the District of Columbia on April 5th, and although the time was short, 28 organizations of and for the blind qualified for participation in the first assembly meeting. Thirteen were organizations of the blind, one was a chapter of the American Association of Workers for the Blind, and 14 were organizations for the blind. Officers and directors elected were... Chairperson Derwood K. McDaniel, Washington, D.C., National Representative, American Council of the Blind. Vice Chairperson Jansen Noyes, Jr., New York City, Chairman, Board of Trustees, American Foundation for the Blind. Secretary Elizabeth Lennon, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Secretary of the Michigan Association of the Blind. Treasurer Joseph J. Larkin, Brooklyn, New York, Executive Director of the Industrial Home for the Blind. Directors... Louis H. Reeves, Little Rock, Arkansas, Director of the State Office for the Blind and Visually Impaired, Little Rock. Ray Miller, Talladega, Alabama, President of the General Council of Workshops for the Blind. Ted Workman, Dallas, Texas, President of the Board of Directors of the Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind. Cleo Dolan, Executive Director, Cleveland Society for the Blind. Eugene Lozano, Jr., San Diego, California, immediate past president of the National Association of Blind Students. Karen Prezenka, Madison, Wisconsin, immediate past secretary of the Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America. And Dr. Robert McLean of New Orleans, president of the Louisiana Council of the Blind. All offers the mechanism for united action on issues after a consensus has been reached by the participants through the National Delegate Assembly or the Executive Board. Participating organizations are not bound by the decisions and their names will be used in public statements or actions only if permission is obtained. Each organization retains its identity and autonomy and will continue to be the arbiter of its programs and policies. All organizations of and for the blind which agree with the purposes and principles of all are invited to join. Those purposes were published in the May-June 1976 issue of the Braille Forum. Dues are paid for the calendar year, and any dues received now will be for 1977. They are based on an organization's expense budget for the preceding year. Less than $100,000, dues are $100. Less than $500,000, $250. Less than $1 million, $500 dues. Less than $5 million, $1,000 dues. More than $5 million, $2,000 dues. Organizations wishing to be sponsors of all, $5,000. Each organization has one vote in the National Delegate Assembly, which will meet at least annually.
The American Council of Blind Lions is one of ACB's many special interest affiliates. Ray Campbell from Chicago, Illinois, was elected first vice president of ACBL this past July in Minneapolis, and he visits with us on page two to update us on the work of the affiliate. Coincidentally, the interview was recorded on Saturday, November 5, just two days after Ray's beloved Chicago Cubs won the 2016 World Series. Uber has changed the lives of many people with vision loss since its inception a few short years ago. The availability of on-demand and reasonably priced transportation, now in 525 cities around the world, has been a life-changer for many of us. A new version of the Uber app appeared on our iPhones on Friday, November 4, and at first there were several questions about accessibility. Because of the significance of this service for so many blind and visually impaired people across the country, I demo the new Uber app and try to give you some tips for using it on page 3. By the way, I have found the app to be extremely accessible whether using it directly on the iPhone or with the phone Bluetoothed to my Braille Apex. And on page 4 is the Soundprints calendar. Page two. On the phone with me right now is Ray Campbell. Ray is secretary of the American Council of the Blind. He wears a number of other hats, and I think one of the main hats that he's wearing today is he's from Chicago, so he's our A number one Cubbies fan. Welcome, go, Ray. Cubs, go. <laughs> a huge welcome, Ray. We're so glad you're here. Go Cubs! Well, I had to I had to break away from that rally of about five to seven million people in order to do this. Uh, you know, it was really hard. No, it's it's been just the last couple of days in Chicago have just been. It's just like nothing. You you know you you always wondered how people would react when your team when your team does something they haven't done in over a hundred years. Well, it was it was interesting because a lot of people wanted to be there, wanted to see the parade. And, uh, you know the numbers bear that. I I worked downtown Chicago, and I didn't go actually go into work yesterday. I worked. Uh, this is the day after the rally. I actually worked from home. Uh, really. I was seeing alerts that by 6:30 in the morning the commuter trains were packed and were skipping stops and just going straight downtown. Because oh my goodness. Yeah, it was uh, it was really something uh, something quite special and. Uh, uh, was listening to some of the radio coverage, and they said that uh, one of the radio guys was saying, you know, I'm, I'm feeling just a little claustrophobic here, uh, <laughs> which I guess you would with about five million of your closest friends around you. But, I guess. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's just been the postseason this year has just been, I mean, not just the World Series, but uh, the, the drama and even that last game. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, greatest baseball game I've ever played, but, boy, it was just it was ebbs and flows, and then, and then Carla to go into a rain delay, and before extra innings, I said, "This has got to be what torture feels like." <laughs> it was, it was just, and you know, and and I thought for sure this is going to go like ten, fifteen innings. I really need to go to bed, but I couldn't pull myself away from it, and I'm just glad they won it in ten. And it was uh, really uh, a neat, uh, uh, a neat thing. I, I think. Um, uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes out of the rally yesterday was uh, the Cubs vice president and uh, executive vice president, I should say, Theo Epstein. He said, 
um, back in 2012-2013 when they basically tore down the old team and were starting to rebuild it, uh, this elderly lady walked up to him and said, I'm 83 years old. Am I ever going to see a World Series? And his comment was, I bet you're out there, and wherever you are, I'm sure you saw a World, saw a World Series champion. So it, it's just been a really great uh, great thing. A lot of Cubs fever around here, definitely. Oh, I'm sure. And I think the Cubs became, that. you know, if there's a definition of America's team, you know. Um, yeah. It, it was just amazing how many people just became Cubs fans. All yep. of a sudden, and, and I mean, right. Cleveland, Cleveland. If if the Cubs hadn't been there, Cleveland would have probably been the team people would yeah, they, have been pulling for. And they played a heck of a series. I mean, oh yeah, my friends, my mm. friends in Cleveland. Another another thing I just would say, I I'm really really happy for Pat Hughes, the Cubs radio announcer, and we've actually gotten to meet him. He spoke at our 2006 Illinois Council of the Blind convention banquet biggest banquets attendance we've ever had. I'm sure. It was, and mm. what was really neat about it was that he, two things. Number one, he didn't charge us his normal fee. He said, look, he said, whatever you would normally pay a speaker or, you know, pass the hat or whatever, just make a donation to a charity. And wow. he, he preferred Make-A-Wish, so that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing he did when he got there, he came around and shook all of our hands. And oh that goodness. was really a, a neat a neat thing to get to say hello to him and thank him for uh, the the work that he does and uh, he uh, it was just really a a neat uh, a neat thing to see him get to, to hear him get to broadcast a World Series. Oh yeah, well it was exciting. The it other was. reason that we have asked you to be on Sound Prince this week oh, is. Oh, I'm not just here to talk about the Cubs. <laughs> Well, we'll 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 throw in a little ACB here on the side, okay? Okay. <laughs> well, y- you are this year the vice president of ACB Lions. Uh, Roar! Yes, I was elected president in July, and you were elected vice president. And so here we are, kind of moving along, and we have had since the convention some really exciting conference calls. And I'm not saying that just because it's us. It, We've had really good attendance. I don't know about you, but I've been very pleased with our monthly conference calls. We've had 14, 16, 18 people on those calls. And for an affiliate the size of ACB Lions, uh, we're um, between 50 and 60 members right now. That's really good participation, Ray. It's it's like a club meeting where like two thirds of your members participate, but we don't even have have, have drinks to to, to That's, them, so. and and you don't even have to pay the tail twister. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> it, it's uh, no, it's been it's been really good. Um, I I think that um, I've um, I've not you know over the last. Uh, over the years, I've been in ACB Alliance for a while, but I've never really gotten as involved over, as I've tried to over the past couple of years. Simply because I didn't have time. Right. And um, you know, now just to see not only the attendance, but the people you know, sharing and 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 you know, participating and you know providing such good uh, input and ideas and talking about what they're and you know talking proudly about what their clubs are doing and 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 all that has just been. A really great thing, and I think it's just a, a testament to, you know, what we as blind people can do in our Lions clubs. Um, you know, our Lions uh, are Knights of the Blind, and they're, you know, and with this hundredth anniversary of Lionism coming up, I really think it's a great time to um, 
you know, try to encourage that participation, but also highlight, you know, the not only what our clubs are doing, but what we're doing in our clubs. And, and that's, that's been really a great thing about the conference call. Well, one thing that, that in that, along that line, that uh, I think we can point to is we're trying this year to have a topic that at the end of the call we share, and everyone doesn't have to have something to say every time, but we open it up and ask those on the call who wish to do so to share something from their club that they feel is unusual or different um, that can perhaps benefit other clubs. So it's sort of like uh, a support, a support, not a support group, but it, it in a way it can be. It can give additional ideas that maybe we can take back to our clubs and say, oh, how about we do this kind of program? The, the call we had just the other night was an example. Our topic was activities that our clubs are going to be doing uh, for the holiday season, not just we're having a Christmas party and we're going to eat lots of food, but maybe we're having a Christmas party and here's a service project we're doing along with it. So I thought we had some really interesting ideas, and even when the ideas were similar, we really saw how they can be slightly different, add a little different twist to, um, say, a food drive, helping a food bank, um, doing a uh, taking a family and working to help give a family in need a good Christmas. There's all kinds of different twists on those very similar activities, and we we um, we had a really good about what, Ray, 15 minutes of mm -hmm. sharing, and, oh, gosh, we probably got about 13 or 14 ideas just in that 15 minutes. So oh, yeah. th that part is, is good. And um, another uh, topic that we had, I think, the month before was um, an interesting programs or speakers that your club has had. Well, you know, we're always looking for speakers. And yep. And sometimes you just think, I think I've heard all the speakers I can hear. And then you get on a call like that and hear someone from across the country has an idea that might can help your club. Yeah, I think that's been, that's really uh, uh, great. And I think the thing, I think the great thing about ACB Lions, and we'd really like to, if you're, if you're a lion and you're a member of ACB, you can be a member of ACB Lions. It's only $15 a year. And it's a chance to meet with, uh, like with other special interest affiliates, like-minded folks that are interested in lionism, um, and maybe learn not only about other projects, but about ways that you can participate in projects. You know, um, there are, I've fort had the good fortune of being a past president twice in my club, of being and you know, chairing a, a committee, um, and doing and participating in, in projects. And I think it's really good when we can go and to a, say, go to a food pantry and say, hey, you know, we want to participate. You know, what, what do you need to have done? And they tell you what needs to get done. Okay, we can do this thing for you. And um, like somebody the other night was saying about ringing the bells for the Salvation Army, that's a mm -hmm. perfect project for those of us that are blind or visually impaired. You just stand in one place and ring the bells and say Merry Christmas to people. <laughs> it's, it's, I've done the bell ringing for another organization in the past. So mm -hmm. um, I think that it's really a, 
a good opportunity. I think Lions, ACB Lions can act as a way to encourage more of us to get more involved in our clubs and, and to be involved in Pride and just show, and just show the, the sighted people in our club, look, you don't, we're not just, we are not just, as blind people, the folks that you raise money for. We want to contribute and be a part of the club and giving back to the community just as much as anybody else. Correct. And, and ACB Lions also does that same thing within ACB. Yep. Because we have, for the last three or four years, we have contributed a sponsorship to the ACB convention, and that sponsorship has gone to assist with the cost of bringing scholarship students to the convention. Now, it doesn't come anywhere close to covering those costs, but it helps. And uh, we can help a couple of students uh, to get to the convention to receive their scholarships. Yep. We chose to do that instead of initiating another scholarship because we knew that was where there was a need within ACB. And we we feel that it's important for those young people to not only receive a scholarship from ACB, but to come to the convention to find out what ACB is all about. It's our opportunity to expose them to what ACB is and, and all the great things that ACB can do. Yeah, and, um, and, uh, and that's really... Uh... That's really uh, been a great thing, and and I think the other things that we can't minimize either are the education that we've have done and are doing with Lions International. Um, we were the ones AC, through it working through ACB. We got a resolution passed and sent into Lions International to change the symbol that Lions had been using for the white cane. Um, I don't think we've ever seen. I don't think we've ever seen a response back from Lions International as quickly as we did. We got on that, and uh, you know, our Lion Mitch Pomerantz was very instrumental in that work. And uh, it was, um, you know, now the Lions are promoting the white cane in a more positive way uh, as a symbol of uh, the blind and visually impaired and. We we were we were responsible for doing that through ACB Lions and and the other project that we're starting to work on we're going to be starting to work on is helping uh, Lions International make more of their materials accessible to blind and visually impaired lions so that we can be better leaders and more effective leaders in our clubs so I think the education that we have done and can do more of with uh, Lions organizations, whether it be Lions International or state Lions organizations or whatever, um, around the country and even other parts of the world, perhaps, is is really uh, going to be uh, is really going to be good. And uh, you know, look at somebody like Jack Link, who is a blind lion that is happens to be a blind lion, I should say, and now a district governor down in Missouri. And you know, <laughs> anybody who's been a district governor out there listening. If you don't know, they do a lot of traveling. They've probably got events four or five nights a week. Um, yes. And and in some districts, I mean, you've got to drive you know, to get to different clubs, different other events, and you know, to figure out how to do all that. Um, you know, that's a real positive thing that uh, Lion Jack's doing. Well, and and what's even more interesting is that Lion June, his wife, is visually impaired and so she doesn't drive 
either. So they are making this happen. They are making this work. And I think it'll be really interesting to hear from him how he you know was what? able you know to what, handle Carlin, his year. I think he'd ma- he'll make a great speaker for us. I think next year, you know what, I think we should do next year. On the even not just the ACB Lions, but on ACB's main program, we ought to mm-hmm. have him speak at the general session in St. Louis, <laughs> on and talk about his experiences serving as a district governor and how he was able to, to uh, to accomplish that. And mm-hmm. you know, he can certainly talk more intimately with us Lions about it. But I think we ought to get him on the main program. Well, we'll need to get we'll need to talk to Kim about that and the program committee, but it is a, it's a very significant thing and especially in a city such as St. Louis because yeah. um that is you know that they that's a it's a significant area and not that every district isn't significant, but but when you're in a, a large city and and you know that there are a lot of people in those clubs that could have been in that position and here he's recognized as the as the district governor his his talents were recognized by his fellow lions i think it's a tremendous feather in the we've in the had, cap of blind lions i think so too and we've got we've had a district in this state that in illinois that um, is more rural which mm-hmm. is even oh that'd be a big challenge yeah but we I believe that district has had at least one, if not two, district governors who happen to be visually impaired. Now, I think in those cases, they did have spouses that were able to help with some of the transportation, but mm-hmm. um, that's a really, uh, you know, very, you know, you get into a more rural district where you may oh, be yes. driving through three or four different counties and stuff. I mean, it's it can be, you're going to put some miles on. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Uh, in your local club, you're involved in the Glen Ellen Club. Yes. Okay, and uh, I think isn't isn't Karen also involved? Yes, uh, yeah. we're both involved, and right. we also have another lady who uh, is uh, visually impaired that's uh, involved in our club, and we have a fourth person that's involved who has a developmental disability and oh. is uh, so. It's it's really about, and I think that what our club has been really good about is. Uh, you know, finding things, you know, well, with with our help, uh, finding things that, you know, we can do and we can be a part of. And we go out and we're very involved in the projects of the club. I chair our our recycling day committee. That is an event that we, uh, is, our village has a recycling extravaganza event every year. It's usually around Earth Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, as part of that, we set up a table and we collect eyeglasses and hearing aids and, and um and, and uh, keys and other things that go to the Lionsville, Illinois Foundation that they are able to, uh, you know, di- you know, distribute and you know, raise money off of, depending on you know what the items are. Mm-hmm. We've uh, participated. We participate in Candy Day, which is another Illinois Foundation fundraiser. We participate in our spaghetti dinner, uh, and we don't just go there and eat spaghetti. Uh, and, <laughs> but uh, I bet they don't let you cook the spaghetti, right? Uh, no, they don't let us do that. Uh, they don't <laughs> let us cook it or, or serve it. But what? But you know, here, here's another talking about finding a, pro- a job for people to do. Mm-hmm. We walk around and we, you know, say hi to the people that are there and we thank them for coming and supporting the club. And, you can and, always you know, be the welcoming committee. Absolutely. And uh, yes. And then the, la- the other, the, the biggest fundraiser we have is our Glen Ellen Festival of the Arts, which the Lions took over about 10, 15 years ago. 
and um, talking about where finding th- ways to, ways to do things or accomplish things. We we sit out in the lion's tent and sell raffle tickets. Well, the first mm-hmm. question that many blind people listening to this are going to say is, how do you handle the money? Simple. It's called an <laughs> iPhone app. <laughs> so, and, and what that also does is it educates folks. Yes. It says, hey, you know, there is technology. I mean, you never know when you're going to run into somebody that maybe knows somebody that's visually impaired or blind. How true. And uh, just uh, really has been, um, you know, a great, uh, I'm a great believer, and we're both great believers in giving back to the community, and, and so it's just a, it's, a, it's a great way to do that. Where the Greater Lova Council of the Blind has a roundabout is a community center you've visited with us, right, called yeah. United Crescent Hill Ministries, and one of the other groups that meets there is the Louisville East Lions Club. Well, I was riding in an Uber about two weeks ago, and the the Louisville East Lions Club just had its fall chili supper last night. On that, we're recording this on Saturday, November five, and so on November four was their chili supper. Well, I'm riding in this Uber app, uh, in this Uber, and the driver says, "Oh, uh, uh, my brother is involved." in a Lions Club in this area, and I said, which one? And he said, Louisville East. Well, you know, what a small world. <laughs> what was the likelihood of me riding in the Uber with a with the driver whose brother was involved in that club and whose brother would be working that chili supper? And I was able to say, oh, they do such great work. They support the um, Junior Olympics over at the Kentucky School for the Blind. And, you know, you just never know how those connections are going to be made. And he said, well, what does your group do at United Crescent Hill Ministries? So that gave me an opportunity to tell him about the council. And and it's you, you just, you never know where those opportunities are going to, nope. to show up. No, nope. well, you know, I, I I would really like to see more of the lions in ACB become part of the American Council of Blind Lions. There is so much available as far as the support within ACB Lions to um, you know to to assist blind people just to know what others are doing. I think information is key to our increasing our participation in our communities. I agree, and I think that, and to any blind lines who may not be a member of uh, ACB, um, come join us. That's Um, right. uh, That's right. uh, We'd love to have you, as uh, we've been talking about. The first Thursday of every month, we have a conference call um, that uh, you can participate on, and uh, you know, we can, uh, and that's the way that we, you know, we meet every month, and uh, during the uh, ACB National Conference and Convention, we always have a couple of programs. We, we, we of course do what other lions do. We swap pins. We, uh, um, we have a, a really nice luncheon uh, during the convention. And, usually uh, with fried chicken. Yeah, usually <laughs> with fried chicken. <laughs> we we uh, kind of like to do that, and it's really a, a very. Uh, uh, it's a great group to belong to, and right. you know, as, as uh, Lion Carlos said, you know, for the support and for the uh, just to learn what other folks are doing. And you know, you may be sitting out there wondering, you know, boy, I'd like to get involved with this. 
project, but I'm not quite sure, you know, what I can do or how I yes. can do it. You know, you might learn. You, yes. will, you will. You will likely, I will say, learn from somebody that's in ACB Lions about a similar project and how they got involved, and you know that can be certainly very encouraging. And it's only fifteen dollars a year. And the other thing that if if you're not in Lions and you'd like to learn more about it, you can also become part of ACB Lions in order to find out how you can become involved in your local community and get into a club. We yeah. um, we did broaden that in 2013 in our Constitution to make it possible for people who are interested in becoming a Lion to become part of ACBL and kind of use that as a bridge to get into their local clubs. Ray, I'm going to give the phone number for our conference calls. Great. And also I want to tell people about our email list. So our phone number that we have, where we have our conference calls, as Ray said, the first Thursday of the month, our next one will be December 1, is 712-432-3900. The call code is 796 796-096. And the time of the call is 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific. And everyone is welcome. You do not have to be a member of ACBL in order to come to that meeting. The other way that you can learn about ACB Lions, actually two, two ways. Um, one is that we have a, um, a an email list. It's acb-lions, and it is on the ACB server. So if you go to the ACB homepage and you go down and find the link that says email list, when you click on that, you will find ACB Lions as one of the uh, lists that you can join from that lengthy list of, uh, of, of email lists on that page. All you have to do is click on it and then fill in your name and your email address and you'll be part of the ACB Lions email list. And finally we have a Facebook page and that is ACB Lions and so feel free to find us on Facebook to like our page. We would love to have you and um, be sure and call our conference call next month in December and try us out. Yeah, we, the other thing you know, that, that we are working on too is uh, on the ACB uh, home uh, webpage there are affiliate pages and we yes. are actually in the process or we'll be of updating our affiliate page. So yes. there may not be much there about us right now but that's going to change real we have, soon. We have a nice, we, we have gotten a nice page up there and we have a little updating to do. But, but we've got a pretty good page up there right now. And uh, so, yeah, go and, and look for us there, and you'll find all of our information about our conference absolutely, calls. Absolutely, like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ray. We sure appreciate you visiting with us, and congratulations, Cubbies. Oh, yes, congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> just uh, coming down off of the uh, Cubs cloud long enough to uh, talk a little Lions, no problem at all. Go Cubs! Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. 
http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 3. The Uber App. Just a couple of days ago, a new app for Uber was released, and it produced a little consternation among several people that I know who use Uber. I was prepared for the change because I had received an email the day before telling me about some of the things that were going to be happening. There's quite a bit of change on the screens in the Uber app, and so I'm going to demonstrate it for you because uh, quite a few people throughout the country do use Uber. I think that you will find that this app is now very much more accessible for us as blind people and um, that the screens have more information on them and require us to uh, tap less, change things a little less, and uh, are just a little more efficient. So. Let's look at the Uber app. When you first open it, it's going to ask you where to. Where to? That's uh, near the top of the screen. Where? On down the screen a little bit, it will, if you've used Uber in the past, it will suggest where it thinks you're going. It keeps up with days that you go places and times that you go places, and so it presents the places that it thinks you would be interested in going on that day. For example, I'm recording this on Sunday, so this morning when I got ready to request an Uber, it showed me at the very top of my list of suggested places, it showed me the address of my church. So let's see what it's going to give us now uh, as where-tos for me. This will be about halfway down the screen. 1,333 Eastern Parkway. Okay, Button. that's the church address, and I did Double that this morning. United Crescent Hill Ministry. United Button. Crescent Hill Ministries. Well, I kind of go there all kinds of different days. That's where the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind has its roundabouts, and I'm also on the United Crescent Hill Ministries board, so I do go there at various times during the week. So it suggests that, and then uh, on a Sunday afternoon, I went to Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. That sounds like a great idea. Maybe I would like to go there. Um, I really would, but I'm not going to today. Perhaps we can use that as an example. Now, before we move from this screen, um, I, I want to let you know that if you're not going to any of these places that it suggests, you can tap on where to, and it will open up the, the standard screen where you enter your destination just as you have in the past. So I'm not going to do that um, because anyone who has used Uber knows how that that works anyway. So I'm going to tap on let's say Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. Okay. Cracker Barrel Old Country Okay, so let's tap on Cracker Barrel. That's where we're going to go. 
Uber select. All right. Uber select. On the next screen, it's going to give me um, the pickup location and tell me the ETA right there. How long it will take me to get a ride. Pick, That's near the top. ETA, three minutes. So it says location. I could be picked up at 148 Vernon Avenue. That's my address. And it would be three minutes if I want to request a ride right now. Desti destination. Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. Double tap to edit destination. Okay. So the pickup location and the ETA is at the top of this next screen. The destination is a couple of inches down the screen, just about in the middle. Popular. Page one of Uber XL. For okay. Selected. Then it gives me my options for the different types of Ubers that are available in my area. And it gives me the uh, an estimated cost of the ride for each type of Uber. I usually use Uber X, of course. Selected. Uber's nine dollars thirteen. So it tells me it would cost me nine to thirteen dollars to go to Cracker Barrel. Notice that in the past I've been able to get that information, but I had to tap on another button in order for it to appear. Now, if I have quite a few people going along this time, I don't have to go to a different screen or whatever. UberX is over on the left, to the right of that in the middle. UberXL, fourteen dollars nineteen. UberXL, that's for uh, to guarantee that the car will carry six people, 14 to $19 to go to Cracker Barrel. And if I really want a nice car, Uber Select. Uber Select, $20.26. 20 to 26 Well, I believe I'll take the Uber XL. Select. I mean the Uber X. Uber. That's already selected. 13. Current profile, personal button. Now, it tells me as I move on down the screen that it is uh, going to charge my personal profile and uh, if I wanted to check what that is, I could tap on it. Now, I have more than one profile in here. I have a personal profile, and I have a business profile for the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, for the Kentucky School Alumni Association, and one for the Kentucky Council of the Blind. So I can tap on this button right here and tell it which, which profile should be charged for the ride. Since it said personal, I will keep it there. Request UBRX. Now, at this request point, UBRX. I can tap at the bottom of the screen and request my ride. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to Cracker Barrel. But when I do tap on that, and notice that there's just been two screens here uh, with all the information I need filled in right here, um, then... I can request and my driver will come up on the next screen just as it always has and it gives me the name. There has been one change on that next screen. In the past you get the rating of your driver and uh, it's been like 4.3 or 4.6. Now it's 4.87 or 4.43. So you can really tell a little more about your driver. One person asked me yesterday if it was possible to still rate the drivers because when you go into the Uber app after you've completed a ride, the screen to rate the driver doesn't come up automatically. Uh, when you go back into that 
app after you've requested a ride and completed one, you sometimes will not be on the where to screen. Instead, it knows that you're probably going to want to go back to wherever you began. And so the screen is there with the location where they dropped you off. And then you're ready to enter a new destination. Um, it may suggest destinations or you may enter uh, have to enter one. If it shows... I've noticed that it does show sometimes that your pickup location uh, is the same as the destination at that point. For example, this morning when I was ready to come home from church, it said my pickup location was 1333 Eastern Parkway, and it showed that my destination was also 1333 Eastern Parkway. That's because it was what I had used in my previous ride. When I tapped on the destination, then my ex the the destination that expected me to take 148 Vernon Avenue then popped right up on the screen and all I had to do was tap on it and from that point on um, it it picked right back up with the various types of Ubers the estimated cost of the trip the uh, ETA at the pickup location and I could request the Uber now if I wanted to rate the driver I've discovered that what I needed to do in order to rate that driver there's a back button in the top left-hand corner of the screen um, when you've completed a trip and you've come back in to maybe make the return trip. If you tap on that back button, you will come back to the Where To screen and toward the bottom is your rating for your driver for your previous trip. There, This is one change that has been made in the past you had to complete that rating before you could request your next ride now it is optional you don't have to go back to that where to screen the first screen in order to request another ride personally i think that uber will discover that this results in far fewer ratings for drivers but I personally will try to rate each driver because I think that it's important that we give them good ratings as well as the ratings when they maybe mess up a little bit. I almost always rate my drivers five, even if they're not exactly perfect, because I think it's important that we keep the good drivers out there. Um, I'll give you an example. This morning, the GPS in my neighborhood uh, is a little confused and about 60 at least 60 percent of the time when the driver comes to my house the GPS will take him around the corner which is ridiculous I know but that's what happens and sometimes if the driver's never been here he doesn't realize that he needs to come around the corner, that he's actually not at my house. So he'll call me up and say, are you in the yellow house? I'm at the yellow house. I said, the yellow house is not my house. My house is a red brick. Well, I'm at the yellow house. Well, no, you need to turn the corner and come to my house. Well, I had a driver this morning that hadn't driven very long, and he just thought that he needed to follow his GPS to the letter. And I had a little problem with him you know finding me but once he saw me standing there with my iPhone in my hand and he could tell that I was talking to him then he understood and he turned out to be a pretty nice guy so he got a five even though it was a little rocky start he still got a five 
they they need to learn. I think I was probably the first blind person he'd ever picked up. You know, he was a little, uh, just wasn't quite uh, sure of what he should do, but um, it took about two minutes for him to figure it out. So that that wasn't worth rating him down. And I, I and I want to keep good drivers on the street, so I give them a five unless they are really bad. And if they're bad or they refuse to take. They refuse to take someone that's with me who has a guide dog, which doesn't happen hardly ever anymore. Hasn't happened since we came back from the ACB convention in Reno. But if they do something like that, then I will grade them down. Um, But I'm hoping that we don't forget to go back to that main screen with that back button in order to rate our drivers when we're happy and not just follow our tendency to complain when something goes wrong. Hope you will enjoy the Uber app, and if you have questions, feel free to email me. It's Carla, C-A-R-L-A, 40206, at gmail.com, and I'd be glad to try to help. And, of course, you can always write to support at uber.com and ask for their help. I have found them to be very, very responsive when I've had questions about the app or when I've had issues that needed to be settled concerning a driver or a route or a guide dog or whatever. Hope you've enjoyed this demo of the new version of the Uber app. Page 4. The Sound Prince Calendar On November 9, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its meeting for the month. Note that the date has changed from Tuesday to Wednesday due to Election Day. The time is 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, and the meeting will be held at Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. The subject is games, sharing, and more. November 11 and 12 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind Statewide Convention. Workshops, programs, exhibits, food, and friends. A great tech area will be available, sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Room reservations can be made by calling the Ramada Inn North at 502-897-5101. Pre-registration closes on November 9. For more information, call 502-895-4598. November 13, the ACB families invite you to our next open meeting at 9 p.m., by conference call. The subject is Accessible Online Games. The number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. The time is 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. November 14, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have their next community outing and lunch. Details and registration by calling 859-259-1834. On November 18, there will be a Braille and Low Vision Carnival activities for students in grades K through 5 from around Kentucky. It's at the Kentucky School for the Blind campus in Louisville, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, call KSB at 502-897-1583. Also on November 18, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its next roundabout. Education and technology, including Braille, iPhone support, and family trees from 3.30 to 5. Discussion time, 5 to 6. 
The speaker will be John Prophet from Herman Meyer Funeral Home. Dinner will be from 6 to 7. Then there will be bingo, cards, and crafts until 10 p.m. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On November 19, the American Printing House presents A History of Guide Dogs from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. From illustrations and poetry, we know that dogs guided the blind in medieval times and undoubtedly long before. However, the highly trained guide dogs of the present day were introduced to the United States in the 1920s by a determined young blind man from Nashville named Morris Frank and a dog named Buddy. For more information and to register, call the Printing House Museum at 502-899-2213. On November 20, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will have its next conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, phone 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. November 26 will be a Family Day Open House from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. Visitors can write their name in Braille, see a book from Helen Keller's Bible, watch a movie featuring blind characters, play games designed for children who are blind, and enjoy many other activities in this award-winning museum. Holiday goodies and hot cider will be served for all ages, Call 502-899-2213 for more information and to sign up. November 28 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The conference call number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On December 1, the American Council of Blind Lions invites you to attend our next monthly conference call. It's open to lions around the country and to blind and visually impaired individuals who are interested in becoming lions. Share ideas and ways to be involved in local clubs. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. On December 3, there will be a holiday ornament factory from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the museum at the American Printing House for the Blind. Craft your own tactile ornament to decorate your home for the holidays. Make unique holiday cards as well. Free but limited space is available. Best for children and adults ages 6 and up. Registration is required. Call 502-899-2213. On December 3rd, plan to be at Christmas with the Council. Share the holiday with the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, Tri-State Library users, KCB Next Generation, and Guide Dog users of Kentucky. Fun for the whole family includes dinner, caroling, gifts, Santa, and activities for children. $5 per person at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Registration is required. Call 502-895-4598. On December 4 will be the 5th Annual ACB Radio Holiday Auction. Beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, until all items are sold. Live on ACB Radio. For more details, visit www.acb.org. December 5. 
Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have its November-December membership conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time by phone at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On December 7, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. December 9 will be the first GLCB roundabout in December with Braille, iPhone support, and genealogy from 3.30 to 5, discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $5 per person, and games and crafts from 7 to 10. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On December 10, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board will meet at 11 a.m., on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On December 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its Christmas party in Owensboro, 12.30 to 3 p.m. Join them for dinner, a gift exchange, $5 limit, and more at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Boggess at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. December 16 is the last GLCB roundabout of the year. It will include Braille, iPhone support, and genealogy from 3.30 to 5, sharing time from 5 to 6, dinner, $5 per person from 6 to 7, and a carol sing games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On December 18, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will hold its board meeting at 8 p.m., by conference call at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.